Hello and welcome to the latest episode of It Stinks, the Critic Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Rubinell, and today we are looking at Season 2, Episode 9, Ducarella. And oh my god, we're getting so close to the end of the second season, I can't believe it. But um, here to uh, join me as we go through this episode is uh, producer and comedian Janine Nicole Stamen. Hello, Janine. Hello, Brian. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, so we know each other from the before times. We've done a lot <laughs> of uh, comedy shows together and such. Yeah. Uh, we were part of... Um, I, I've mentioned it on the podcast before. We were part of a show called Shitpost. That answers one of my questions, too, because I was going to ask if I was allowed to swear. But oh, yeah. <laughs> it's in the name, so it's fair game. Yeah, go for it. Um, yeah, we did Shitpost for two years together, and we uh, Hell Yes Fest together. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we went to New Orleans together for a uh, comedy festival, and, and um, yeah, we brought the show uh, across... Well, I guess technically across the country, even though it was across just that state one. Lines. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, that was God. a lot of fun. <laughs> that might be one of the best festivals I've done. I've done three. I think the one I did with Shitpost was the most fun. Cool. That is to date the only comedy festival I've, um, well, that I've participated in. Yeah. I think I've gone to random ones around LA just as an audience member. Yeah. Um, I will say the festival itself, not as much fun, but it was a good, we were we were a really good group of people to travel together, I think. Yeah, it was a great experience. Um, and just getting to experience New Orleans and like, you know, Bourbon Street and um, I thought I would hate it. And I was very wrong. Really? Why did you think you would hate it? I thought it was going to I mean, OK, I also say this having never been to Vegas, but I feel like it's one of those places that's very overhyped like Vegas. Hmm. Where it's like the place where normal people get to go to feel like weirdo party kids. And since I'm already a weirdo party kid, I'm like, oh, this offers nothing to me. (laughs) (laughs) I can just do all this at home. But I was very wrong and I loved every minute of it. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's a little bit of that, of just like people who live very just normal lives. Then they go to New Orleans or Vegas and then they cut loose for the first time. And yeah. And by cut loose, I mean they, like, have a Long Island after 10 p.m. And (laughs) (laughs) they're just rolling. I'm going wild. I think it helped that we were there, like, in an off-season, too. So it wasn't super crazy busy or crowded. So we got to, like, enjoy more stuff. Yeah, it was, like, November. So it was, yeah, yeah, I remember it was pretty cold, too. It was very cold. It was so cold. I think it rained, like, our main night out. And we're just like, well, it's our only night, so we're just going to go. Yeah. And the uh, the Airbnb didn't really have well, no yeah, it heat. didn't have a heater. Like only the bathroom had any sort of heater in it. So, oh, and we all- blew the room that Emily and I were in blew a fuse the first night. So even our space heater wasn't working. It was that's probably the coldest I've ever been on a trip, and it was still very enjoyable. Wow, <laughs> like, I might freeze to death tonight, but that's okay. <laughs> had a good run. Uh, but yeah, that was all very fun. I I miss doing live comedy. I hope uh, I hope I get to do it again soon. <laughs> this is the closest I've gotten to live comedy in a year, so I'm very happy to be on a podcast. Wow. <laughs> 
someone has to listen to me talk about stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of talking about stuff, we are here to talk about uh, The Critic. Um, So you you were telling me before we recorded, you've seen a little bit of The Critic, um, but this episode was new to you. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember this episode, so I have a feeling maybe I watched season one. Um, It was on Comedy Central, right? Uh, I think it like the reruns made made their way there eventually, but okay. it, it was um, so season one was on ABC and then it switched to Fox for season two. Okay, I feel like maybe I saw season one and didn't get to see it once it switched to Fox. Oh, interesting. But I also weirdly enough, as a as a youth in the nineties, um, wasn't super into animation. Like I'm, okay. I'm much more into it now as an adult than I was growing up, which is kind of weird. I mean, like I watched Simpsons and I watched, this is maybe even after the critic, but I watched a lot of like the Saturday cartoons of like Pepper Ann and Recess and like those ones that are geared towards kids. Mm-hmm. But I didn't watch a lot of adult animation growing up, except for some of the critic, because I was like weirdly a huge John Lovitz fan. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, tell me more about that. Like, I don't know. I just found him very funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was very funny. Like, I was, I was a big fan of the movie High School High. Yes, that movie was great. Yeah, hilarious. Um, uh, but okay, so we are looking at uh, season two, episode nine, Ducarella. Um, as I said, so I've got the episode synopsis here. Alice's upstaging sister arrives in search of a rich husband and quickly turns her attention to Jay. So I think this is a a really good episode. We get more, it adds a lot to Alice's character who um, I think is, is a, a, just a really great kind of like foil for, for Jay. I think they go really good together. So Mm -hmm. um, I guess bringing in a a sister or whatever for her to play off of was, uh, was pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. A a very like attention seeking exact polar opposite sister was nice balance. Yeah. Um, And I love the voice actress that plays Allison. Did I just get her name wrong? Uh, So Alice is the series regular Yes, I love her, the the actress that plays her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I looked it up when I was watching the episode, and now I can't remember <laughs> what her name was. Uh, I, I don't know it offhand. I probably should, but... Thankfully, <laughs> it's in my recent search history, so it's going to come up very quickly. What's Okay, so this is maybe a derailing a little bit, but when I was watching, I was looking things up on IMDb because you recognize so many voices. Yeah. And they didn't build the cast in like order of like character. It's like she, the the voice actress who played Alice is so far down. It's Park Overall. And Alice is like a pretty main character and she's like 10 people down the list and I was like, "Oh, hmm. okay. That's a weird not playing favorites, I guess." But uh yeah, Park <laughs> Overall. I really like her and I recognized her voice immediately. I was like, "Oh, amazing oh you know what well looking at it on imdb well john lovitz gets top build because he's yeah. the star of course but then after that it looks like they go alphabetically oh so, that would make sense so maybe that's why she's so far down but uh okay. but yeah park overall not sure what 
else people may know her from. So she was but... in Reba, but that was after okay. the fact. <laughs> oh, so maybe her southern accent is like natural. I think it is. She was wow. in Kindergarten Cop and she was in um I'm trying to figure out what I would have seen her in. Because most of these things are Biloxi Blues, maybe, with um Ferris Bueller, whose name I got him great with name. Matthew Broderick. Yeah. I'm killing it with names today. <laughs> uh and then um Alice's daughter Penny is voiced by Rusi Taylor, who also did Martin Prince on The Simpsons. Oh, I and... recognize that. Yeah. I was like, oh, there's some voices popping up. Oh, okay. She did a voice in Babe, but she was she was not the voice of Babe, but of she was Babe. in that movie. Uh, and I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Christine Cavanaugh, though, is the voice of Babe. And I believe she is also on this show. Uh, yeah. That's the voice of um, Jay's son, Marty, who I don't think shows up in this episode, but that's Christine Cavanaugh who yeah. did the voice of Babe, the talking pig. uh but yeah tons of great voice talent uh all over this show uh cool so as this episode opens we are on jay's show he is reviewing guess who's coming to dinner with lisa marie presley and michael jackson lisa marie honey who's your new girlfriend he's my husband now honey you two don't go together just like whipped cream and pork chops Here's your pork chops and whipped cream, King. Thank you. Thank you very much. Daddy, you don't like Michael just because his skin's a different color. No, it isn't. (laughs) And if there was ever any doubt that this show was produced in the 90s, well, that would pretty much uh, seal it. So many windows into, like, 90s culture that I'm like, oh, oh, this joke, like, doesn't fully work anymore. (laughs) No, not really. I know where I'm coming from, so I get it. (laughs) There's like three biggies in the very beginning. (laughs) Like this was back when, like, yeah, you would just joke about Michael being weird. Yeah. I guess. Or uh, not, um, like, not being black anymore. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You just hate him because his skin's a different color. And he's like, no, it's not. (laughs) Right. Right. Because guess who's coming to dinner originally was with Sidney Poitier. And it was this whole, um, yeah, it was like a, a racialized kind of drama because he was dating a white woman who yeah. brings him home to meet her, I guess, like racist parents or whatever. And then they flip it in the early 2000s and they make it again with Bernie Mac and Ashton Kutcher. Which... Oh, my God. I forgot about that. That's right. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's like a Star is Born franchise. Like they're just going to keep redoing it and addressing racial tensions from different angles. Well, maybe society will progress to the point where that is no longer relevant. But even as I'm saying that, I realize I don't have a lot of... uh, I'm not optimistic about that. I feel like the the 2001 version of that would be like, guess who's coming to dinner? And it's like Bernie Sanders' daughter is dating like one of the Trump children. And it's like, what are you doing? (laughs) Uh, That actually sounds pretty entertaining. Listen, Hollywood hired me write your hired me to write your scripts. <laughs> I can't talk, but I can also not write. Actually, <laughs> the reason I'm a producer comedian and not an actor comedian or writer comedian. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> uh, well, so after after uh, after we get that, Duke Phillips, Jay's boss, comes in and says he's 
now moved up to fifth in his time slot. He is now beating the man with tongue stuck to ice cube trade channel. Tonight, our guest is Dr. Henry Kissinger. Nice to be here, Ed. Which I love that it's a whole channel, not just a, a one show. Not just a show. It's <laughs> and then they cut to the man with his eye, not tongue stuck to an ice cream can. Welcome yeah. to our guest yeah. today, which is also great. And he's interviewing Henry Kissinger, yeah. of all people. Yeah, it's kind of crazy that this movie review critic could top a show that has Henry Kissinger <laughs> on it. I mean, these days I don't know if a movie review show would even top that because it's like. I don't know. People don't really rely on critic reviews anymore. Yeah. Uh, so then after this, Alice said, oh, yeah. So we're, we're kind of we I think we fast forward to Alice's apartment and Alice is kind of telling Jay about uh, her sister who's coming to visit. Randa is her name or it's short for Miranda, but she goes by Randa. <laughs> the natural shortening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and uh Alice describes her sister as Satan with a boob job. Yeah. Which I don't know if she's that bad, but I guess Alice, you know. Well, they they then cut to their childhood where she was just like better at stuff, but not really like awful. So they like kind of split her character in two because as a child, she was just like the favorite and the pretty one and like the talented one. But then as an adult, she's just like a garbage human. So yeah like, they really <laughs> she, like flip it it's kind of like i don't know if if like uh, a gifted kid you know gets all a's in school but then they grow up and get a job and they're just really bad at it because they are not used to having to like do actual hard work or something yeah like, they're like i this usually comes easily i'm not going to put in this much effort <laughs> right <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I loved the the kind of like Snow White scene they do where Alice tries singing to a bird and then they show Randa and yeah, she just has like all the forest animals yeah. just, just like swarming around her. Randa was better than me at everything. Listen to the mockingbird. Listen to the mockingbird. If the nightingales could sing like you, they'd sing much sweeter than they do. Yeah, and the bird's like, um, I'm going to go over there. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> she can carry a tune. So. Yeah, that's got to be. I, I guess she took that personally, and I guess I can't blame her because that's that's intense. Yeah. <laughs> I grew up an only child, so I w- didn't have any of that sibling competitiveness, but I imagine it would get exhausting. Yeah. Um, I I have uh, a younger brother, but I, I don't we never really had any kind of sibling rivalry like that. I don't know. Maybe it's yeah. different for boys. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe neither of you felt like you were truly the favorite with your parents. So there wasn't a need to like overcompensate, you know, like, Oh yeah. If you could tell one was liked much more by the family, it would probably cause some issues. (laughs) Yeah, no, we, yeah. Luckily we never had anything uh, like that. Yeah. I don't know. Our upbringing was kind of boring, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but anyway, uh, so then, yeah. So Randa uh, arrives on, well, she arrives on a, I think it was a subway uh, or, or a bus it, I noticed that the bus was not named Desire. I think it just said, like, 
you know, New York or something on it. But they're clearly yeah. going for a streetcar named Desire thing. Yo, the bus from Knoxville has arrived. You'll know Randa when you see her. Bonjour, y'all. I have always depended on the kindness of strangers. Then you're in the wrong place, Toots. This is New York. Now I'm off to my job. English professor at NYU's. Because she arrives, she says she depends on the kindness of strangers. And, yeah, she quickly learns that uh, in New York, things kind of uh, work differently than that. Yeah. I do like that they stuck with that, that, like, even in New York, it doesn't matter if you're, like, the pretty favorite. Like, people are going to be rude assholes to you and treat you like shit and not give yeah. you anything because <laughs> it's New York and you have to, like, earn your way. Yeah, like, exactly. Okay. Like, immediately she gets, like, shoved off the bus. And he's like, get out of my way. That was my um, flawless New York accent. Yep. <laughs> I don't. Have you ever lived in New York or anything like that? You know, I haven't lived in New York. I've visited a bunch, and everyone was super nice. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, I'm from like I grew up in in like the Northern California area, and like okay. lived in San Francisco for a few years, and I felt like San Francisco was much much harsher and meaner than New York was. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I've, uh... <laughs> I've only visited San Francisco briefly, so yeah, I can't really, I guess, comment on what people are like there. But yeah, yeah, I've also visited New York, and yeah, I just mostly remember like, like pedestrians like do not give a fuck. Like they'll just go out into the street without even looking both ways, and yeah. and like expect cars to stop for them, and and yeah, yeah, uh, which I'm fine <laughs> with. That's yeah. not necessarily people being mean. That's just people being like brassy right no yeah de definitely uh lots of brassy people in new york for sure yeah where were we okay so yeah she gets introduced to jay and then alice kind of shows randa how new york actually works by hailing a cab now if i can find a porter sir pardon me might i ask hon if you're gonna live here you're gonna have to learn a few new languages Excuse me, but for another cab, you could wait, maybe? Here, take and be healthy. The montage of different languages you have to speak in New York. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very, very multicultural city, for sure. Oh, yeah, so we get to Alice's apartment. And then, yeah, Alice even calls it out. She's she's like, let's not make this, like, streetcar named Desire. And then I like that that cues Jay immediately to... Please, Randa, let's not make this any more like a streetcar named Desire than it has to be. Alice! Alice! What we got here is Napoleonic code, which means I get to eat as many Napoleons as I can find. <laughs> but they they don't really stick with it. I mean, as we'll see, they kind of change into a Cinderella thing, as yeah. hinted by the title of the episode. But, um, but yeah, I guess they have... Uh, a Southern Belle character, that's kind of the first thing you, you think of. Yeah. But anyway, so Randa mentions she's here to, to land a, a rich husband. She just comes out and says it. I mean, at least she knows what she wants, I guess. Yeah. And uh, Jay tries to impress her by showing the size of his wallet in his, like, in his <laughs> pants pocket. But then we see that's not actually his wallet. Ew. <laughs> just a weird square lump on his bottom yeah i don't know what that was but i i mean <laughs> i don't know if he like pooed his pants or something or however <laughs> gross you want to go but like uh... <laughs> but <laughs> anyway oh yeah so 
Randa just immediately starts, um, like, dating a bunch of rich guys. Um, first is, uh, what's his name? Dudley, well, yeah, Dudley Moore. Now, you must understand, I only want you for your body. <laughs> I like a man who likes the way I look. You don't understand. I need a liver transplant with a kidney chaser. <laughs> God, I'm funny. <laughs> just, just your youthful organs. <laughs> and then she dates uh jeremy the uh uh jay's actor friend but jay uh, but jeremy is more in love with himself and his reflection it's a good reflection so i get it <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know i i'm trying to think if i've been on like dates that are as bad as these yeah i would say actually the dudley moore date was maybe her best one yeah, <laughs> the I mean... guy who wanted to harvest her <laughs> organs was the best date she went on in New York, which feels accurate to dating in New York. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I've never dated in New York, but um, yeah, I guess someone who just wants to harvest your organs, maybe that's the best you can hope for sometimes. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're not using one of those kidneys, so it's fine. Like, <laughs> yeah, you can sacrifice live with for it. love. Yeah, and, and, you know, he might have just, you know, kept her around after that. Yeah. For companionship or because maybe he would need a lung or something. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So then, um, oh, yeah, she even she even asks out Vlada, the uh, restaurant owner, but he kind of just shrugs her off. Um, oh, and then she, <laughs> she goes to uh, Franklin, Jay's dad, who sets her up with... Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why Jay didn't mention his rich uncle sooner, Mr. Sherman. He sounds perfect for me. Well, Brother Hannibal is a bit touched in the head. Oh, Hannibal. Hello, Randa. You look good enough to eat. <laughs> now that's fast food. But I like when she, she runs off, like... Finally, she gets a date that's so bad that she bails on it. Yeah. Um, and uh, Hannibal says, now that's fast food. I, I love that line. That was a good one. So following that. So, yeah, we kind of go back to Jay is getting his uh, or Jay is with uh, Doris, the uh, uh, hairdresser, um, asking her about like what kind of tattoo he can get Alice for her. Or, sorry, what? what kind of present he can get Alice for her birthday. And she suggests a tattoo of her name showing. And then she shows she got Lon Chaney senior tattooed on herself. <laughs> Cause yes, Doris is old as the show likes to remind us. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. Would you ever get someone's name tattooed on yourself? No, I have such deep commitment issues. I could never. That's why I don't mm. have tattoos in the first place. I can't even commit to like a little picture. <laughs> yeah, I don't have any tattoos either. I and yeah, kind of the same thing. I'm like, there's definitely no tattoo I could get that like I wouldn't get tired of or like eventually think it was like dumb and not want it anymore or something. Yeah. Yeah, there's just there's no way. My mood changes every week. I could never commit to something that permanent. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, but we end up at Lane Reesh, uh for Alice's birthday. Jay's present ends up being a locket with a <laughs> with just a, a picture oh, yeah. of himself totally in it where the 
yeah, the picture is like him, I guess in his giant phase where he's just extremely like he fills up the entire frame, basically. Yeah. And is he eating like fried? Is he like laying down spread eagle eating fried chicken? (laughs) Yeah, he's definitely holding like a drumstick or something. And (laughs) yeah, the pose he's in is kind of weird. It's almost like he's being squeezed by the edges of the locket. It's yeah, (laughs) it's very strange. But Randa does, I guess, what she always does and tries to steal the spotlight from Alice by trying to get everyone's attention onto herself. But then I love the the kind of, like, basically Jay fighting back against her, but also but stealing the, the spotlight. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> that is very good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jay, I'm lonely. Come talk to me. Randa, it's Alice's night. Stop making yourself the center of attention! Me? I ask you lovely people, am I making myself the center of attention? Do you always have to hog the spotlight? Can't you let Alice, who's sitting here with me, have one night? It's not about you. It's about Alice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, like, yeah, Jay is, like, trying to help, but not really helping. Yeah. Causing as much of a scene, but in theory, trying to redirect the scine to Alice, but being very ineffectual with it. Yeah. Um, But he is successful. Randa gets, you know, upset and she leaves. And then as she leaves, we see Bill and Hillary Clinton are there. Such a great cutaway to just illustrate that Bill has a real bitch of a wife. (laughs) I resent you hogging the spotlight at the State of the Union address. But Hillary, honey, I'm the president. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. (laughs) Again, 90s. Yeah, I actually (laughs) looked it up because I was very curious. This is before the Monica Lewinsky scandal. Yes. So... They're just like laying the groundwork to make Bill a sympathetic soft man. <laughs> oh, yeah. And and Bill, of course, also likes to eat because even after he gets upset and and leaves, he comes back and finishes his burger. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you know, Bill Clinton loves to eat. Michael Jackson is weird and has white skin for some strange reason. It's did yeah. we Did we pass the Cosby reference or is that coming up? Oh, no, we haven't gotten there yet. Spoilers. <laughs> spoilers, edit this out. <laughs> uh, yeah, spoilers for a 25-year-old show. <laughs> but yeah, just um, yeah, just a real time capsule of, of the 90s. This uh, Well, this whole show, really. So, let's... Okay, so uh, we're back at Alice's apartment. After Alice hears her daughter, Penny... Um, praying for Alice's butt lift uh, that Randa says she needs. She finally kicks Randa out, um, who at first says, you know, she's going to be fine on her own. She'll make it by herself. But then, like, you know, a second later, she comes back uh, because she's now, like, covered in graffiti. She's got cement shoes. (laughs) She's tied up. She's like, looks like maybe she's been run over. Like there's like tire tread on her as well. Oh yeah. She just, she's just an absolute mess. Um, <laughs> I guess she, I don't know, said the, the wrong thing to a, a mafia Don or something. In the four seconds that she walked outside of the apartment, New York turns on you fast. 
I mean, <laughs> in a New York minute, as the saying goes. Yeah. Um, but that wasn't even a minute. <laughs> so, yeah. So Alice decides to let Randa stay, um, but says, you know, she's got to uh, she's got to get a job because life is not a fairy tale, she says. And Q. I guess my life's not going to have a fairy tale ending after all. Oh, hide me. I'm being chased by three bears. There's a dispute over some porridge. Don't ask questions. Oh, Jay, don't tease. <laughs> yeah. And they think he's doing a bit. <laughs> yeah, about of fairy course. Tales. <laughs> uh, he says there... Does he say like there was an incident with some honey or... There was porridge? like a dispute about some porridge or something. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then, yeah. Just, yeah, just uh, so good. Um, but yeah, that takes us to the end of act one so as we come back we get sort of um randa uh trying to get a, a job so i mean good on her actually like immediately going out and looking for a job i mean i know plenty of people who <laughs> say say they're gonna get a job but then like three weeks later they're still like just smoking weed on the couch yeah <laughs> But, but no, so she first asked to be the hostess at Lane Reach. Now, if you wish to be Vlad as hostess, you must know who is hot and who is not. If David Letterman and Regis Philbin both want the last table, which one gets it? Letterman. Good. The Forest Kelly or a mangy yellow dog? Mmm. The dog? Sorry. They both go out in the loading dock. Damn it, I'm a man, not a dog. DeForest Kelly, of course, from uh, Star Trek, the the uh, original series. Yeah, he was um, God, not he, or he was the uh, the Doctor. God, I forget his name. I never watched. I was never a big uh, Star Trek person, so I uh, I just don't know these things. But um, I didn't know who he was when they referenced him. But I like that he got the same treatment as a slightly <laughs> rabid dog. Oh, uh, Doctor McCoy. I got it here. Thank you, Google. But yeah, there are uh, there are tons of like very deep references on the show. I still don't catch all of them. But yeah, it was probably Maurice LaMarche doing the uh, DeForest Kelly impression. But yeah, just very funny. Just quick little uh, scene there with with him and the dog fighting over their pasta. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. Next, she goes to the New York Post. Uh, I guess she wanted to be a writer. Like, kind of weird that she would just immediately get an interview to be like a staff writer for the New York Post. Yeah. I mean, in New York, it gets really far. <laughs> you know, maybe that was my problem because I, I majored in journalism in college. And uh, when I graduated, you know, tried to make it as a journalist and just, well, I mean, obviously, I am not doing that anymore, so it didn't really work <laughs> out. But, but yeah, it's like it was super competitive, you know, back then. But this was this was like I graduated in two thousand seven, so this was when every newspaper was transitioning to online, and a and like every print mm -hmm. newspaper was like reducing their circulation and and stuff like that. So, but anyway, good good for her on getting interviewed at the New York Post. Um, yeah. <laughs> although uh it does not seem to be the most um 
journalistically uh, ethical uh, place. Now, if you want to work here at the New York Post, you must know that we insert the following words into every headline. Headless, nude, sewage, and governor. For instance, subway fares raised becomes headless governor found nude in subway sewage. What about the fires? You're fired. I believe New York Post is owned by News Corp. So, like, you know, same as, like, Fox News and um, mm. all those places. So That checks out. Yeah. So, yeah. So, definitely a, a, you know, a crack at them. God, I'm trying to think of the 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 head of of News Corp. Um, not Roger Ailes. The fucking Australian guy. Um, I, Rupert. No. Oh, yes. Rupert I Murdoch. He's yeah. Rupert Murdoch. <laughs> God. Um, yeah, he's a good work. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, I know that, like, the New York Post definitely, they do have a tendency to have very kind of sensationalized headlines. Not quite to the level of what we have here, but, uh, but yeah, they're just not good. I remember, I, yeah, I just had a really random memory pop into my head, but, like, yeah, someone on Twitter kind of showing the difference between, like, the New York Post and, like, any other newspaper. The headline was about some, like, um, it was about like a uh, uh, um, like a child of immigrant parents who like got a full scholarship to go to college, um, but then the the New York Post headline was just money for immigrants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. That sounds right. <laughs> so that's what yeah, that's about the level that you can expect from the New York Post. She would have fit right in, I think. Then that's probably why they gave her an interview. <laughs> Yeah. You're from the South and a little problematic. Come on over. Yeah, exactly. But uh, luckily she does not end up at the New York Post. She gets hired at a at a place called Mattress in an Hour, where they deliver mattresses in an hour. Which, shout out to this show, because they later show her delivering one of the mattresses. And that girl is hauling <laughs> that giant mattress all by herself up a flight of stairs like it's no problem. And I respect the feminism, uh, feminism yes. of, of that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, you know, they I was like I couldn't. <laughs> yeah. She starts out as as like this, you know, helpless Southern Belle who depends on the kindness of strangers. But then, yeah, she hauls a mattress hauls mattresses in an hour. Anywhere <laughs> in New York, baby. Yeah. Uh, but I I also liked in, in this scene the uh, the mattress in an hour dude kind of sexually harasses her. And then we find out that. That was upheld by the Supreme Court. Hey, baby, I got something under my robes for hey, you. Hey, how'd you like to bang my gavel, hey, sweetheart? You see a learned hand? Ah. As they sexually harass people walking by it themselves. <laughs> yeah, all the justices are just like catcalling women on the street. Like they were, like they're, you know, construction workers or something. Yeah. Uh, which, I mean, sadly, these days is still kind of relevant not with the whole like sexual harassment thing but just like just like women's rights in general are still very much in danger which is very depressing well and i think all the supreme just court justices in the cartoon but i think also at the time were all men so it was like yeah yeah, yeah, of course it's fine was this before ruth bader ginsburg like i don't know when she joined but but yeah i mean even if she was on the court she'd be like the one female on there so it's still pretty accurate um but uh i like the 
this next scene, like Randa is back at Alice's apartment and she said she had to deliver a mattress to Madonna. I'm exhausted. Today I had to deliver a mattress to Madonna, then another one, then another one, then another one, then another one. Yeah, that was pretty good. <laughs> uh, kind of doing the sort of the family guy thing of just like repeating a joke so often that it stops being funny, but then becomes funny Sounds all funny over again. again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so good. Uh, oh, yeah. And so this is when um, Alice is just like, oh, wait, it's time for Jay's show. So they turn on Jay's show and he's, yeah, he is reviewing Rebel Without a Cosby. You see, the knife is a good thing for slicing and dicing. Yeah. But it's not so good for pointing at me, the car, see? <laughs> you should get yourself a spoon and fill it with jello pudding. <laughs> Which, you know, who would think that that would be the joke that aged the worst in this <laughs> show? You know? I know, like, right? America's dad. Everybody loved Cosby. and like, oh, no. Yeah, the guy who just <laughs> laughs at everything and wants you to eat jello pudding pops yeah yeah who knew he was wildly problematic apparently a lot of people and just no one said anything <laughs> yeah and then a lot of people said anything and it still didn't uh you know still didn't click yeah but um but yeah as far as this show knows he's just yeah that wacky guy on tv um so uh so duke actually interrupts the show he has a bad habit of doing that but uh he interrupts the show to like kind of tell everyone about the costume ball he's throwing uh to benefit the agricultural institute which apparently only grows like giant mutant vegetables yeah i liked that they were touching on like gmo foods in early 90s sitcoms i was like oh this was a thing that cool that nothing has changed <laughs> in almost 30 years <laughs> yeah i guess it was maybe just starting then um or maybe it was the first time that it was like i don't know in the news or something but yeah um but yeah i love the the potato that plays the bagpipes just so uh i mean i don't want to say random that kind of has a negative connotation but it, i mean it is it is random just a potato yeah. playing the bagpipes. But yeah, because even because bagpipes are Scottish and potatoes are usually you know associated with the Irish. Irish, but, yeah. But oh well, still still hilarious. Uh, um, oh, but so uh, but Randa sees Duke on TV, uh, kind of falls in love immediately. Knows that you know that's that's the man for her. Hey man, which you know. Uh, that kind of makes sense. Uh, they're yeah. both Southern. He's rich, which is what she's looking for. Um, Duke apparently is looking for like anything as we kind of find out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she's so pretty and Southern. So, you know, yeah, that's yeah. What, what more could you ask for really? <laughs> so, uh, Randa asks Alice to, uh, you know, bring her to the, to the, uh, the costume ball. Um, Alice thinks, you know, she's just going to upstage her again, but she kind of just relents anyway. And then <laughs> just back on the show, we see that Jay has unfortunately eaten the poor little bagpipe playing potato. Sentient, sentient potato, which yeah. is also funny because I'm pretty sure eating raw potato is poisonous. 
Oh, that's like right. <laughs> he just eats this living raw potato <laughs> like it's no big deal. You know, maybe they engineered the poison out of it. That would make sense. They taught it to talk, so I assume they could also yeah. read out <laughs> the poisonous aspects. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then we uh, immediately get to the costume ball, and this has, I think, one of my favorite visual gags just in the entire show. That Just the fact that Jay and Alice go to this costume ball as Homer and Marge Simpson. Yeah. It doesn't get called out, but like, I mean, it was on Fox. I think it was even paired with The Simpsons as part in in the same like hour. Um, so like, yeah, obviously that's what they're going for, and it's just yeah, just so so good. And it's so blatant, and he drops like the dough and everything, and right. then do, still doesn't get it right as to what his costume is, which is also very like like fitting for Duke because he has no idea about pop culture <laughs> or anything. Oh yeah, yeah, but I um, but yeah, the, it is also just a running joke throughout this show that Duke thinks Jay is gay and hitting on him, so yeah. that's why we get the, you know, Duke thinks <laughs> Jay's costume is just the bald gay man. <laughs> yeah. Hello, Duke. What are you dressed as? The bald gay man. Yes, that's it. The bald gay man. Attention, everybody. We have a winner for the best costume. Jay Sherman is the bald gay man. All the rest of you bald gay men can go home. Seem Look right. at the I way he's dressed. Lord, I never win. But I loved the, the just the fact that there's a bunch of other bald gay men there. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you can all go. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we're venturing into maybe some kind of, you know, bad stereotypes here but i don't know just a, a funny gag um i actually had on um reed bryce uh last week and uh last week's episode also had a really bad blatant gay joke and and i don't know reed you, you know of course called it out as problematic but also thought it was hilarious so yeah so like yeah we can you know again 90s that's about where we were at with gay representation on sitcoms you know yeah (laughs) it's like what gay people they're not fully fleshed out human beings with rich inner lives they're punchlines yeah (laughs) obviously uh yeah we're still not fully past that (laughs) oh god yeah i mean (laughs) uh so uh oh and then we briefly see um Jay's parents are also there. I love that Eleanor is the the wicked stepmother from, I believe from Snow White, right? Not really Cinderella. Like yeah, yeah. She was the Snow White the uh, villain. Um, yeah. But really, really nailing that look. <laughs> but uh, Franklin, uh, his costume is the mask from the mask with Jim Carrey. Yeah, uh, which is like. I mean, Franklin on this show, he's already, like, most of the way there. So, like, yeah, just putting on the mask just feels very, very natural. Yeah, that was a great (laughs) deep 90s reference as well. (laughs) Yeah, because I guess that movie was, like, pretty popular. Um, I guess that was, that was, like, Cameron Diaz's first big role, right? Yeah, and then they made it an animated cartoon as well. Oh, God, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. It just, I even remember, even that back then I was a kid, as a kid, I was like, that sounds nothing like Jim Carrey. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, you guys couldn't get him, huh? <laughs> well, no, of course. Yeah, of course not. He's uh, too busy doing uh, the, the Truman Show. Or yeah. Or whatever. <laughs> um, wait, where? Okay, so yeah. Franklin puts on the mask. It becomes the mask. Um, oh, yeah. So, like, Randa kind of just, like, excuses herself and doesn't like go up to duke at first so like alice goes to just like check on her and see what's going on and it turns out she got her first wrinkle devastating and is now too shy or too embarrassed to um you know to ask duke to dance or whatever been there ladies right <laughs> you know you get that first wrinkle and you can't show your face in public anymore well a tough year but we all go through it (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's a little um what was i gonna say like a little uh like um i don't like they're i guess they're reinforcing just how hyper focused like not that women are hyper focused on their personality but their or or, uh, their appearance but they're kind of reinforcing the idea that women should be hyper focused on their yeah uh, appearance yeah i don't know I, I guess it fits with randa's character yeah it's on brand yeah and it's on brand because her big concern is that duke won't love her because she has a wrinkle and that i feel like it's a very good summation of who duke is yeah oh ooh. is that a ooh? nope okay i thought you were perfect i'm gonna go <laughs> <laughs> just yeah like <laughs> if there's any any tiny tiny imperfection we're out of there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's not wasting his time. She's over the hill. Yeah, absolutely. And she's probably like, I don't know, 30. Ooh, <laughs> gross. All right. So, uh, so Alice, um, I guess in order to, you know, to help her sister out, she goes and gets her a mask. Um, at, at first it's, it is a Hitler mask. Um, not sure where she got that from, but uh, yeah. <laughs> but she, but then she gets just like yeah, just like a like a masquerade mask, just like a little cute little thing to put over her her eyes and her hideous crow's feet. <laughs> right. So yeah, uh, I think we get yeah. Eventually, like Duke just says like, "What do you have like a hideous crow's foot under there or something?" Yeah, he calls it. He knows. He yeah. He tracks it. He's like. It's the only reason you'd keep this on. She's like, you're right. But so, yeah, when when Duke and Randa first meet, he immediately calls her Scarlet, which I guess is, you know, it, it's a uh, Gone with the Wind thing. Yeah. I guess she looks like I, I, I actually haven't seen Gone with the Wind. That's one of the ones that I haven't gotten around to. But I know that, yeah, the main character is Scarlet O'Hara. And I guess I guess her her dress kind of looks like the dress from that movie yeah they have a few few references to the movie as well but it's like okay you've hit like four classic films in one episode (laughs) that you're like parodying as you hop through this 24 minute episode (laughs) right (laughs) yeah like are you sure you don't want to do like a wizard of oz thing while we're at it like every sitcom has a Wait, do, do it when he gets to his house. Yeah, I think it's that one. I watched two or three episodes, but I'm pretty sure when Jay goes to the house, there's the man behind the curtain moment from Wizard oh, of Oz. God, that's right. God, I was <laughs> how could I forget? But yes. Give so many. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So uh 
Um, but anyway, we'll we'll get there. Yeah, jumped ahead. Oh yeah, so yeah. Well, going back to Gone with the Wind for a for a sec, Duke brings uh, Scarlet out onto the roof, and instead of saying, you know, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. We can be alone out on the roof. But Red, honey, what will people say? Frankly, my dear, I don't give a crap. They're heightening the vulgarity, but they can only heighten it so much because so it's a uh, it's a network show. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I love. Yeah, I do love that Duke is just like. Uh, yeah, he just doesn't care about being vulgar. Yeah. Um, I also enjoy the the reference to her making her dress out of the curtains, and then she's still got the Venetian blinds at the back, right, for a little <laughs> peep show reveal. Which, like, as a former fashion designer, I respect the ingenuity of building in some Venetian blinds into the back of your dress. Got to be hard. Can't imagine how you do it. I didn't know you were a fashion designer. In my previous life, yes, before I became a stellar comedian, I used to make clothes. I went to fit them in San Francisco. <laughs> wow that's amazing yeah did a bridal design for a little bit and then tapped out because brides are awful <laughs> oh yeah i'm sure <laughs> uh but i was thinking like a dress with venetian blinds would be perfect for like a burlesque show oh yeah the, that's the move you know you like bring them up bring them down do a little booty wiggle <laughs> <laughs> and now i'm thinking of like i've seen enough pop culture inspired burlesque shows that there probably could be a critic themed burlesque show <laughs> oh definitely we're gonna have to put this on now that the world is reopening oh geez man that <laughs> that would be amazing i'm just gonna write that idea down <laughs> for later <laughs> uh but anyway all right so <laughs> so as they're out on the on the roof dancing it strikes midnight uh, Duke tries to get uh, Randa to take off the mask, and he calls out the the crow's foot thing, and I guess that like you know freaks her out or whatever, so she just runs off, and yeah, classic Cinderella thing. She uh, drops her slipper. Oh no! And then uh, and then yeah, just just you know runs out. But and then I I just loved the thing with uh, like Franklin as the mask uh, sees. Oh, he sees someone dressed as Cleopatra, so he does, like, the whole, like, you know, like, the cartoon Tex Avery wolf thing. Like, his yeah. his jaw drops to the floor and his tongue rolls out like a like a red carpet. Yeah. And then Jay does the same thing, but it's after seeing the dessert cart. Oh, Dad, control yourself. Ooh, dessert cart. Yeah, just perfect, perfect Jay. That's, yeah, that's exactly what he's like. Although I I wonder what Alice, his girlfriend, would kind of uh, think of that. Or she probably, I don't know, she probably accepts that sort of thing by now. Like, yeah. that's just Jay being Jay. Yeah. Uh, but all right, so uh, back at uh, Alice's uh, apartment, Randa says, you know, she can't face Duke because of the wrinkle. I do like that they keep referring to it as just one wrinkle. Right. Like, I've right. got a wrinkle. It happened. The one has arrived. And I was like, I don't know if I've ever noticed one wrinkle. You know, like, once yeah. they happen, they're there. And you've got, like, nine. <laughs> like, I think watching this as, like, a 10-year-old in the 90s and seeing that, I probably thought, like, oh, so you get one wrinkle at a time, huh? Yeah. Um, and I think I 
probably watched something else, some teen thing that um, made me think like, oh, you're going to get one pube. And that's how you know that you are now entering maturity. Just the solitary, you find your first one and you're like, it's happened. Yeah. (laughs) And then one by one, each year you get another. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And when you've got them all, you are ready for marriage. And you definitely don't get gray hairs or wrinkles or pubes until you're very old. And it's like, okay, well, I had my first gray hair at like 14. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, the gray hairs, uh, they're only on your head. So don't worry about getting them don't worry uh, about anywhere that. else. Yeah, yeah. Just there. <laughs> and it'll happen nicely. You'll get like a nice streak or something. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, we, we all become silver foxes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, pop culture is weird. <laughs> lied to. <laughs> Uh, so back on back on Jay's show, he is reviewing Field of Dreams two, which um, they they do a very different like kind of movie parody with this, where they they very much keep it within like the realm of the actual Field of Dreams, but it's just like oh, we, we kind of discover that those old baseball stars aren't quite the heroes they're cracked up to be. Wow, Babe Ruth. Hey, where can a fella get a hooker around here? Uh, Ty Cobb. Where's the nearest clan meeting? Wow, Billy Martin, you're my idol. <laughs> yeah, I definitely thought it was going to be a gross, like, sex joke. Like, if you build it, they will come, too. Oh, you know, so it's mm. like, the first time they came, the second time they're going to come. <laughs> And then it was like, oh, no, no, no. They're just like, oh, God, you don't want to spend time with any of these people because they're like racist <laughs> and sexist. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Murderer. Which is, you know, eh, probably more, you know, definitely more realistic than. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, all right. So. Oh, oh, yeah. So then Duke again interrupts Jay's show to say he's going to marry the woman who fits the slipper that he found. And um, Doris says, well, you haven't tried me. And uh, and the slipper fits for whatever reason. I mean, I mean, I guess like. Tuesdays is a pretty general. So <laughs> yeah, it's not crazy that two women could both fit the same shoe. I mean, fairy tales are are what they are. But yeah. Yeah. Um, but then I love that, like, you know, to make it more convincing, um, Doris pretends to be southern yeah doris that was you at the ball uh yeah you're my southern belle yes i am honey child duke this is crazy she's not from the south i'm from alabama mobile just barely i'm from the south mobile not really (laughs) that's uh awesome so great uh so alice uh, you know, Alice sees what's going on. She says Jay has to help fix the situation. Jay doesn't want to because he flashes back to the last time he was at uh, Duke's house. He ended up chained in his uh, dungeon for like five years because he asked for a more generous dental plan. You know, I've only been to Duke's house once and it wasn't pleasant. All right, Sherman, you've been here long enough. I'll give you the dental plan you want with a $50 deductible. $25 deductible. See you in five years. Yeah. Uh, so maybe the the uh, only time on this show that the critic has advocated for uh, workers' rights. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> the show 
it kind of views more conservative. Um, I think probably just a, 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 you know, a product of the time more than anything else. But yeah, but yeah, they like, you know, Jay said labor rights. Let's let's get it. (laughs) (laughs) It's a show for the people now. (laughs) I doubt he would join the New York DSA or whatever, but uh, (laughs) but at least, you know, yeah, (laughs) he's going to. He's going to stand up for uh, uh, more. Uh, uh, he, he wants $25 off that deductible for. On that dental plan, baby. Exactly. <laughs> so, okay. So, but uh, Jay, you know, he wants to help Alice out. So he, he does go to Duke's. And then, yeah, Duke pulls the Wizard of Oz routine. He has like the giant face projector and he's got like yeah. the torches and stuff. Uh, um. Uh, but yeah, I think when he, he sees it's Jay, he just like, yeah, he's like, okay, I can drop the routine or whatever. So, oh yeah. And we see, um, Doris again, still doing her fake Southern bell routine, but she's got, now she's got like the whole, uh, pink dress. She's got a parasol. Yeah. Really playing up that character. Pretty awesome. Diddly D. I didn't know we had company. Doris, you're not from the South. I told you, I'm from Alabama. Tuscaloosa? No, I use denture grip. Yeah, so Jay has to figure out what he's going to do here. And he he remembers, oh, yeah, she works for mattresses in an hour. So he gets the brilliant idea to just go up to Duke's bedroom and just absolutely obliterate the mattress with a chainsaw. Wow, some mattress. Mind if I try it? Son, you going anywhere with this? That was my only mattress and bedtimes in an hour. Gonna have to call mattress in an hour. My plan worked, and with the maximum of subtlety. First, he goes feral and like claws it all up, which he oh was yeah surprisingly destructive with his bare hands. <laughs> and then to like get in there, he produces a chainsaw to just cut it all up, and no one stops him. No, they let him finish. <laughs> And then they question. Yeah, Duke just kind of, <laughs> he just like stands back and let, lets it happen. And then, yeah, he doesn't even get angry. He's just like annoyed. He's like, yeah, dang it. Now I need to call mattresses in an hour. <laughs> yeah, which is great. And then, yeah, the plan, it, it, it almost works too well. Like, yeah, like Randa shows up with the truck. Yeah, she hauls the mattress out of the truck by herself. Very impressive. Yeah. So impressive. Um, she won me over in that one moment. It's like, damn girl, you changed. <laughs> I respect it. Oh yeah, she's she's a full on uh, working girl. Yeah. Um. So um. Yeah, she rings the doorbell. Duke answers, and yeah, they see each other. They or Duke recognizes her, which yeah, I mean, she was just wearing a little like masquerade mask, so probably didn't need the whole slipper thing, but. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Weird that he was able to get catfished by the elderly makeup artist, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> when you're desperate, you don't really question things, I guess. It kind of felt like, like, uh, hey, guys, we're 20 minutes in. We need to wrap it up here. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, uh, but, yeah, they recognize each other. They they fall in love. Um, oh, yeah, Duke has this nasty line where... You don't mind my wrinkle. Hey, I was gonna marry her and she's nothing but wrinkles. Her whole body looks like Reagan's neck. Good one, Duke. 
Yeah. <laughs> just that was Jesus. <laughs> um, yeah, very, very vivid imagery there, Duke. Thank, thanks for that. Paints a picture <laughs> with words, you know. Ab- yeah, absolutely. Um, so then we immediately get to the church for the wedding. Um, there's, there's another, uh, potato playing the bagpipes, uh, who runs off when he sees Jay. Um, I forget exactly how we get into it, but Jay brings up the dental plan again. So Duke summons these like guards who are in like Tarzan skins. Like, I don't know what the, the name for that kind of stock character is, but they're like, yeah, they're like, you know, the strong men from like a 50s comedy movie. Yeah. Uh, they, they just come in and, and haul off Jay. Um, and then we get this uh, nice little montage, this little photo montage of uh, the wedding where um, they go cow tipping. Uh, Doris is hanging out with the mutant vegetables. And then we see uh, Jay in the dungeon uh, <laughs> keeping good spirits. He's like smiling and waving. Yeah. Then there's this <laughs> weird sort of moment that we end on where it's like, it's like we're in this sort of like first person point of view where we're seeing the photo album. It like, it like closes and then a, like a hand reaches up from off screen and like almost opens a Victoria's Secret catalog yeah that was funny and weird <laughs> yeah a little weird because then he, the the hand is like oh uh-uh and then we just fade out and you don't know whose hand it was no it's like, just it's just like is the it duke <laughs> going like i'm gonna go beat off to this victoria's secret catalog oh wait i'm a married man now so i guess i can't or is it jay like yeah i don't know it's it's just like the hand of god maybe yeah i don't know um I don't know if it's maybe a, a reference to something. Maybe someone will will fill me in. I feel like it it might be a reference because I'm sure there are there are movies out there that like end with a wedding and then we end with the photo montage of the album and then we close the album and that's the end of the movie or something. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So that's that kind of brings us to the end credits. Um. And this has um. You know, normally the ep- during the credits we just see Jay watching the uh like just jay in the movie theater by himself watching the credits but here we get jay and alice together uh making out during the credits uh i thought that was a cute touch yeah yeah so that kind of brings us to the end of the episode was there anything else that um you wanted to uh uh talk about that we maybe missed or, or anything like that um i did think it was interesting like in the first couple interactions between jay and randa it, he like heavily flip flopped between like trying to seduce her and impress her and being like, no, I love Alice, your sister, but hello lady. <laughs> right. And pick one. <laughs> yeah. Again, that, that very nineties thing of like, whenever a, a guy sees an attractive woman, he like goes insane and like, can't talk and like, yeah. Loses Ooh. all higher brain functions. Yeah. <laughs> classic comedy yeah (laughs) but yeah i was very surprised that even you know with all of the like you know obviously dated references because it's a show based on like pop culture from like 30 years ago uh it it holds up it holds up very well even like cosby reference and like you know 
none of those things felt like outlandishly like offensive or inappropriate. You know, the Michael Jackson mm-hmm. thing was like, mm, you know, like <laughs> the, the Clinton thing, oh, but like not pushing it so far that you're like, oh, this is just unwatchable. Like, yeah, there's definitely been things <laughs> I've gone to rewatch from my childhood where I'm like, God, man, this is just feels bad now. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, there's any number of things where it's it's just like, God, I can't believe I thought this was funny or okay or yeah stuff like that um but yeah other than the references in this show like the joke writing is still sharp as ever like i think a lot of the characters are very fun and uh you know you don't mind spending a half hour with them every week yeah yeah i just i just think it's it's kind of unfortunate that this show didn't get you know more of an audience uh when it was on it's surprising that it didn't because it's still like very much in the wheelhouse of like Simpsons and family guy and like adult animation where it's like appeals to younger audiences, but there's so many adult jokes that it holds up. Yeah. That it's weird that it didn't do better. Yeah. Yeah. Just one of those things, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, good episode. Really enjoyed this one. And um, Janie, thank you so much for going through this episode with me. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm not yeah, gonna of lie. course. It, it was until the second rewatch I did that I picked up that Ducarella was a Cinderella reference. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like that's more of a reflection on my mental state today in the last few days than it is on the show. <laughs> uh, well, I'm glad we got there. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh yeah, cause Cinderella, duh. Like, but part of that is because there was so many other classic movie references. Yeah. That the Cinderella almost gets a little buried because there is, you know, Streetcar Named Desire, there's Oz, there's Great Expectations. There's like so many heavy hitter movie references that like the Cinderella is actually a little bit buried in there. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. The the movie references and movie parodies, they just they just permeate this show. Um, yeah. I actually thought that's kind of a, a cool hook just because, you know, Jay is a movie critic, so he probably like views his life through the lens of of movies yeah yeah it fits very well yeah um all right uh is there anything that you would like to plug um i'm just getting back into doing anything besides work um so i don't have any upcoming shows as of right now but you can follow me on twitter and instagram they are both um at jenny nicole that's j-a-n-y-n-i-c-o-l-e And I'm like, sometimes funny on both of those. (laughs) So please follow and check it out. Um, But yeah, I I don't have any other shows coming up yet because I haven't figured out how to do those yet again in the world. Mm, Yeah, (laughs) I've just started seeing like some stand up shows happen. Like, yeah, I, I see the events on Facebook and stuff like that. So. Yeah, I'm definitely starting to get a lot of like weird Facebook re- invites, and I'm like, oh my god, this again? I'm not even on it. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I gotta get off Facebook. It's not good. No. <laughs> now that the world's reopening, it's becoming a hellscape even more so. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, but this was not a hellscape. This was uh, a pure joy getting to uh, uh, talk to you again and uh, talking about the critic. So. Um, so yeah, thank you again for, for joining me and I hope you all join us next week for the next episode of It Stinks, the Critic Podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of It Stinks, the Critic Podcast. 
I'm your host, Brian Rubinow. Our theme song is by Brandon Beck. You can email the podcast at itstinkspod at gmail.com and find us on Twitter and Instagram at itstinkspod.com.